just tuned in to the film huddle and this week's movie film that we're going to be covering as promised last week under the skin with scarlett johansson a very deceiving thing what's going on uh, mr psychosis how are you doing today hello danny how are you doing same old man confused so uh if you haven't watched under the skin yet uh spare yourself in the sense that go right now and watch it spare yourself the episode and then come back uh, otherwise here we go under the skin Episode two. Something I want to correct <laughs> right at the beginning. Last episode when I announced uh, the, the film for this week's episode, I referred to the director as Brian Glazer. All apologies to Mr. Glazer. It's Jonathan Glazer. Yeah, Mr. Glazer. Thank Bri you for your work. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Glazer is the owner of Manchester United. And now is an apt moment <laughs> to come out of the closet and declare I'm a Manchester United fan. Oh, uh, yeah. So we we're talking about Freudian slips. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So here, away we go. Um, I will screw up names as well. And, and uh, hopefully with enough listeners, we'll, have, we'll be corrected. We'll know we're getting somewhere when we uh, see a lot of comments correcting us. That's when we know we made it somewhere. That's how I see it. So, yes. <laughs> For right now, we have to correct ourselves. <laughs> anyway, Under the Skin, uh, very, uh, I believe it was a movie in 2013, so fairly, fairly new um, in the, within the decade, right? Um, yeah, basic story. The synopsis ain't even worth covering because it's very straightforward from as it, as it seems is just some kind of alienated life form that uh, has a, an objective of sorts to lure men. So her mission is to just lure men with her sexuality. Uh, she's programmed a certain way to just, I don't know, isolate men and use them for some purpose that we, is, that we don't understand all the way. And from there, she starts to grow an attachment uh, or at least a, a curiosity to, to, towards humanity and, and its complex emotions that go beyond what she was programmed to do. That's, what, that's the basic synopsis at a, at a very top level. Um, and we're here to kind of go into the depths of shit to figure out uh, what exactly it is that, that, that a lot of this movie was, was bringing to us in terms of themes and, and symbolism. So uh, what do you want to start with, Psychosis? Maybe, maybe as a way of making a little clearing in the forest, we can talk about the way the film was filmed. So Jonathan Glazer used a lot of hidden cameras and Scarlett Johansson, kind of in a cinema verite style, was thrown into crowds where she wasn't recognized by many people. Um, it wasn't really a disguise. Uh, she only had a wig on, uh, and surprisingly, no one uh, recognized her, or very few people did. Also, um, not too many professional actors in this movie. I don't know if you, Danny, can distinguish the professional from the non-professional actors. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Matter of fact, uh the only way I knew if they weren't professional is pretty much, or at least the only way I could guess if they were not, is that if they only showed up for what seemed to be 
a quick scene and then never to be seen again. If, if they came back with a more scripted reasoning, then, then you could see that they were obviously part of this script in the long term, then you can make the safe assumption. But in the moment I kept seeing each actor within the first three lines, I, I was still trying to, obviously I couldn't figure out who was who. And that was great. Uh, I didn't even know that going into the movie. You hinted it, but I didn't piece it together. I kind of do a thing where I just wash everything I know about a movie and I try to go into it like, okay, I kind of know what this is, but let me just forget all that. And I totally forgot about that. So it was pretty nice to see. And then afterward, I saw the making of it. And yes, hidden cameras and just the fact that they were able to find the two or three guys on planet Earth that didn't know who Scarlett Johansson was. It was great. I think it was a great find. <laughs> it was great. Um, it was haunting, actually, you know, to see that what you're seeing, to, 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 to kind of look and say, wow, they don't they don't know that this is a film and, and yet we're seeing them raw and we'll go with that importance in a second, I guess. Let me pick up on that, that your, your comment that it was haunting. Didn't you find it haunting given that we're under this lockdown with COVID seeing crowds of people just going about their everyday lives? It seemed very foreign to our current state right now. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I watch movies where people are hugging and I'm like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, but yes, I know what you mean by the foreign thing. See, seeing the activity, you know, that seemed normal to humans in her eyes was, right. was, was alienating. Like, it was like, well, what are they doing? What is all shit? And of course, perspective of Corona, we're kind of like removed from that a bit. Well, let's start there also. Uh, one of the earliest scenes, uh, you see her trying to sound out words, almost as if she's having language programmed into her or she's trying to figure out human language. And I don't know if you remember the first word she tried to sound out. No, I don't remember. I know it was ta-ta-ta something. Well, yeah, she makes some verbal sounds, but the first word I could make out was the word no, which... Uh, I don't know what you think, but um, I think it's a very useful word for a woman to say. Yes. Uh, yeah, so she learned the word no. I mean, at least we hear, If let's assume that I remembered and it's no as a first word. Okay, so we're there and then I understand that it's a, yeah, it's no is, obviously there's a big issue with no in society today, right? Yeah, some of the words that I, that I made out was uh, the word no, the word filled, and the word sell. Yeah, she said a lot of other ones. Now that I think about it, there were some that were even um, phonetically similar, like fell, fit, mm. tha, tha, like that kind of thing. I did remember that. Um, but yeah, so we start off with her learning a few words and no being one of them. Found that interesting, but I didn't know for what reason, just okay, no, and I'm, but again, this is literally the first 10 seconds of the film. We see a big light. First of all, we see a suspending of light, and then we see the light getting bigger, and then we hear her voice and some kind of birth uh, light, you know, light in the tunnel birth kind of imagery. Well, if you maybe take this film down a feminist interpretation, you would see why maybe the word no is one of the first words uttered in the film. But moving on from there, we... Right after that, we see the gentleman in the bike. Your impressions on the biker? The motorcycle, right? Yes. Okay. And then we see a guy on a motorcycle. He pulls over, goes into a dark, I don't know what. By the way, I'm staring into nothing. Uh, 
I'm just, <laughs> I'm thinking here. So he comes back out and he has he pulls a body from a canal. Correct. Confusing. It seemed like it was Scarlett Johansson's body. Seemed right. Like it. Next thing you know, she's out and about hunting or just in a white yes. rapey van. We'll get there. Okay, continue. The impression I get I got from the movie is that this guy's maybe a manager or a handler. Um I got the impression that maybe this body that he pulled out of the canal was another alien that maybe was killed or maybe didn't do her job. Actually, she wasn't killed because if you noticed, there was a tear screaming down her face. Yes, which we see again when she, yes, yeah, there was a tear. But I don't remember if that tear was seen at the beginning, was it? Was it at the beginning of the movie? You see yes, a, yes. Okay. Yes. Her body is paralyzed, but you do see a tear streaming down her face. So that already is a mystery, right? So who is this biker guy? A handler, a manager? Uh, my, my wife made a very interesting uh, comment. She said early on in the film, is the biker Scarlett Johansson's pimp? Yeah. So right from the beginning, we are not sure who this guy is. Um, You, you see Scarlett Johansson driving around. It, to me, it's almost as if she's trying to gain information or trying to acquire information as to how humans interact. She's a sort of anthropologist to me. If you remember, she goes to a mall, starts picking out clothes, seeing how women are putting on makeup. There are scenes of women putting on makeup, almost as if acquiring information. I guess if you're going to hunt down uh, humans, or specifically men, you need to know how they act. Yeah. Of course, of course. And, and of course, maybe the importance of her going to the mall is seeing where, what accessories are purchased by the, the, um, by the party or sex that is trying to attract men, which in this case is women, which is what she is embodying. And maybe that was just a way for her to kind of understand what the tendencies of women are when it comes to attracting males. Because I before as uh, well we'll go on covering this but essentially she's gonna go hunt males using her sex appeal um so i think that i took that as a uh, trying to figure out what is the attractive behavior so she can at least emulate it so yes there is a sense of uh, correct understanding of society anthropology whatever you want to call it yeah and if you notice she buys a fur so she buys animal skin so again that lends to the feeling that she's a predator and throughout the movie, I mean, the movie is very heavy-handed about this. Through two-thirds of the movie, she's very uh, cold and detached and flat in her emotions. Almost as if I've been sent here to do a job. And my job is to hunt men. It's right. interesting that usually in movies you get a very male gaze and how males see women here this movie it's it's very interesting it's making you as an audience member take on the female gaze and this female is a hunter of men yeah i i found that very um interesting and i felt very at some points on the light of that I'm, again i'm doing my best not to accelerate this conversation to full-blown 80 miles per hour but 
without going too far, I will say that I did get a sense of almost pity for, for not pity, not, not the word, but you know, like, uh, like that's us, you know, like, hi, pretty lady. Hi, how you doing today? <laughs> you know, that kind of, <laughs> that's us, bro. Uh, you know, no matter how slick, no matter how cool, no matter how you want to play it off at the end of the day, you're that guy at the, at the, at the you know, at the passenger side of the van going, hello, my lady, you need a ride? You want to take you there? You know, <laughs> you want to take me? It's like, bro, she's going to fucking kill you, bro. Like, you idiot. And, and they fall so easily for the honey trap. Yeah. It's, it's moths to a flame. Yeah. So, yes, I, I, I do appreciate the, 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 the chair that I was sat through. Uh, obviously, you're looking, you're, what I've enjoyed about these films, including the last one we did last uh, last episode, is the perspective. That's one thing I've found myself enjoying very much is the chair that I'm sitting in and the feeling that I'm getting that that not a lot of film brings to you. And I will say that's one thing that I've been enjoying the heck out of. So yes, being sat in a perspective right away of, of sorts made me feel very uneasy. Like, oh God, I was kind of feeling like grimy, like slimy, like, ugh, men are such slime balls, dude. Like, and it's not because, oh, man, I shit necessarily. And what I mean is, God, man, disimula. the word in Spanish is play it off, man. You know, like be a little more slick about it. They were very, I mean, they thought they were preying on her. <laughs> that's the funny part. <laughs> Go ahead. So yeah. that's my take on that perspective is I did, I did get that sense of perspective. Since you bring up Eyes Wide Shut from our previous episode, I, I find both of these movies and I, I didn't do this on purpose in selecting both of these movies, but they're very cold, analytical, very detached. So one of her first stops is at a uh, soccer game. Uh, I mean, the epitome of bro culture. And that's where she picks up uh, her first victim. Uh, yeah. Andy, I think was his name. Glad you got a name. We'll go with Andy. I don't remember his name. Poor, poor Andy. I think the only character who's assigned a name in the entire movie. That's interesting. We don't know, Scar we don't know Scarlett Johansson's name throughout That's the true. movie. She's just an alien. We don't know the biker's name. That's I true. Think. So we have a character name, Andy. And it doesn't go very well for Andy. Um, first of all, he's a... A Celtic fan. I don't know if you noticed the uh, team colors. I did see that. I or, didn't. Yeah, but I didn't piece it to the Celtics. Okay, I, I saw the colors. The Glasgow Celtic soccer team. Okay, neat for 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 the soccer nerds out there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the epitome of bro culture, and she goes right in and picks him off, and then we're thrown into this. What would you call it? This zone of blackness of a void almost where men sort of uh, sink into this black quicksand how right. would you describe it, it uh, water i saw clear water um because uh, quicksand would it, it moves very fluidly quicksand is more you know what i mean more solid this had a very liquidy feeling and basically she lures the men into these buildings that are hell abandoned there's no way I would ever go in there unless I was following Scarlett Johansson. So props to the writing there. And I, and they go in and it's all darkness. And finally it's just lighting on her and him. And of course the men, as they undress themselves and get closer and closer to the goal, they're pretty much sink as they walk forward, 
in a dark void room, they just sink into a pool of what would look otherwise to be clear water, but pitch black due to the lack of color. And then they just are submerged, and we have no idea why or where they went. And Jonathan Glazer, uh, I, I did see an interview with him, and he made it a point that he wanted to create this space without, without the usual cliche alien trappings where you see technology. He wanted to make it just a, a black void. In, in essence, he was trying to make it as alien as possible. Sure. It felt very, very, and, and if that wasn't enough, the unusual soundtrack would put you there. Just the soundtrack alone. Just, just the, Which, the, yeah, it was just pitch bending. It weren't really notes. It was one note that then pitch bends to a higher note. And yes, there are two notes, but in between it, there's not really notes. It's just, wow, it's like a little wave of transition to give it the sense of, you don't know. It's a very good way. To, again, we're going to go back to nerding out about a little bit about music because I think music sets a big tone in film. And, and the tone selected by by that scene was very much, I would say I couldn't, no credit to anyone else because I suck, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, that was so well done. It was simple too. Rhythmic drums that don't really go well with violins traditionally, great. And then you do the violins in a way that don't really traditionally transition among each other, one note to the next. So that all in itself created this beautiful ambiance of alienation. And it's the first time we really get a sensation of the alienation because yes we got a little bit of a hint at the beginning of the movie but we haven't really seen anything alien-like and even though the movie never shows you anything alien-like it, it, it makes it even more alienating because you feel that much more removed from whatever the fuck she is so kudos to to creating an environment or an ambiance that that spooked the shit out of me for that reason and 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 you go ahead if you need to jump in because i i am in love with the feeling of of that's one thing that I'm really enjoying. I will say that is the feeling, the, the wanting to, that, 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 that feeling that's created in these films. I do enjoy being a part of it. It's why I like good horror films too. It's because they give you this sensation, a well-made horror film, which by the way, don't exist, but ideally it's the feeling I like and what's, what's keeping me here. So yes. Yeah, picking up on what you just said, first of all, the music. So for the second episode, we have, uh, a musical score in which just a couple notes create a feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have that. Um, so we have Scarlet then um, showing up at the beach, and that's a significant scene there. Did you notice, and, and maybe this is a scent that I picked up from the movie? Did you notice how often she would ask individuals where they were from? One of the earliest scenes, she asked an individual where he was from, and the individual answered Albania. And then she gets to the beach, and the gentleman she meets at the beach says he's from Czech Republic. So there, there seems to be a theme here of the outsider, the immigrant. Someone from the, I mean, she is the ultimate immigrant, isn't she? Yeah. I also thought, I also thought that asking where you're from is like a very, it's, it's the universal, how, how, how about them dolphins, you know? Yeah. Conversation starter. Yeah. And she starts these conversations and 
these individuals just see her as a piece of meat. They objectify her immediately. Uh, in fact, going back to Andy, one of the few named characters, if not the only named character, she says, oh, you're very pretty. Something I'm sure women are sick of hearing all the time uh, in terms of bad come-ons. So they objectify her the minute they get into the band, the minute they see her. Um, so what was your impression of that scene at the beach? None, because it didn't stick with me. I, I, I was honestly trying to piece things together, maybe to the point where I might have overlooked some of the, um, the keys like this. Because again, it was uh, this movie to my for my taste was a lot of this, you know, in with the scene, out with in with a new thing, out, and then sometimes repetition of this, where you're seeing the same thing but in different ways. Bop, bop, bop. And it's this, so when I see the beach and then it goes away, and then I see this scene and it goes away, I'm kind of like left with this feeling of, well, do I let that stick or not? And I think the beach was one of those that just didn't stick for some reason. To me, the beach scene shows just how immune she is, how utterly flat her emotion is in terms of compassion toward human beings. If you remember, the gentleman from the Czech Republic sees this couple in the water. They're drowning. He goes and he saves the husband, or what we can assume is the husband of this uh, family of three, which includes a baby. Then the husband goes back into the water to save his wife. And we can assume that the gentleman from the Czech Republic um, took in a lot of water, uh, et cetera. And the Scarlett Johansson character comes up to him and instead of helping him or, or, or aiding him in any way, knocks him over the head with a rock. And again, the, 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 the act is done in complete detachment, very cold. Which by the way, that's another theme that comes up throughout the movie, temperature, which, yes. um, It'll play a big role later on when she has another, uh, quote, victim step into her van. She actually turns up the heat for him. Hmm. I owe you an apology. Where I'm from is Miami. When you said beach, <laughs> I'm thinking, shit, I missed a, a scene with a beach. But now I'm looking back and what we mean is that shoreline episode where there was rocks and it was, it was, a, it's a beach, but it's not, I'm that's so a sorry. Beach. <laughs> it's that's a beach. Okay. I, I, of course I remember that scene. That's actually one of the most horrific parts of the movie in terms of uh, at least top three. And, and, and that being that the little kid that was left alone, that was horrifying. Um, and yes, I'm still confused as to what, and I'll get there. I keep saying this, but I promise you I'll get there. This is a very important one for me. And I do want to mention this down the road but for right now we'll start with this i don't understand the motive i don't understand the drive i understand the lack of emotion i understand the flatness you're talking about i do see that it was captured there especially with all the floaty isolation that a beach brings enough people there to like there was three of them but there's enough space to where you're aware of it so i get the feeling of flat yes but i don't understand why the rock was grabbed and hit him over the head I mean, that, that was never a point in the movie where she, she had never been violent towards anyone. Actually, that's the only time I can think of where she was actually violent towards an individual that I can think of, that we actually see violence in the way we can pick up. 
because I think she gutted these dudes. Essentially, we see we see uh, a lot of abstract images of what possibly is going on when she captures these men. But for sure, the most recognizable violent act that we can see, without a doubt, is taking the rock and hitting him over the head, which, like you said, happened effortlessly. I mean, she not not an emotion, not even a curious look after look to see what happened. What did I do? Nothing. Um, and I'm still trying to piece the importance. Or, or at least the reasoning behind that. Uh, why, why? What was going on? What was she test? Was she testing to see how it would feel? I don't know. I have to admit to you, it is also paradoxical to me. But if we gather anything from her lack of emotion, it was almost as if it's. It was the same action as squashing an insect. You do it mindlessly. In fact, if you notice, insects come up quite a bit in the movie yeah and I we, we have a scene we have a scene at the beginning with an ant uh we have a scene yeah the ant right on the finger where we get a really close-up shot of the ant and later on we have a, a fly a, a scene involving a fly and if i may add if you notice the gear that the motorcyclist wears, it looks very much like an exoskeleton. Yeah, buggy, you know, dark exoskeleton. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I took that to say that she is part of some kind of militia, militant of some sort, uh, obeying an order of some kind, where she is, the, the, the suit she wears is dark, she's, She's going through these little, uh, it, I mean, I mean the, the scenes where the motorcyclists are going, I mean, it, it looks like ant farms kind of thing, where they're just, just traveling throughout, getting the kill, bringing it back, going out there. There's, so I got, I, that's what I took from that, is that the focus on that was, hey, reflect on this for a second and see if that ties to the feeling of what she's doing. And yes, cool. I got that. I Moving in for the kill, since you mentioned that, uh, there's a later scene. Uh, the second gentleman she lures in, remember the guy at the club, the, the sleaziest of all the gentlemen she picks up. She takes them back and he sinks into this pool of blackness. And down there he sees the first gentleman that she picked up, if you remember. Well, and their, skin, their skins shrivel up. I have to confess to you, uh, what it brought to mind were, uh, uh, it was like a penis shriveling up. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about underwater? Yes, under the black pool. Right, okay, now I'll see, I, I, yeah, I got that, yeah. So underwater, yeah, when, when so, yeah, that was weird because now there's, there's an establishment of the fact that, walk me through this again. The, the, there was a scene where a guy, a victim she captures, the same way she did a previous victim, is going on and he's he's under the water and he sees a previous victims whose skin was i think bluish or weird shriveled and then i think one of them just kind of there's i remember skin floating i remember one of them something happens i forgot what which one but either way it established that you stay there that you're not just gone you're not you don't just die there because they had awakening they, they the, the other person looked at him and he was still quote unquote alive in some way it's like this interdimensional existence that they were in. I don't know how to explain it, but that's what I, that's the sensation I got. Right after that scene, and I think this is a very important sequence 
right after that scene, you see this image of a flow of, it seems like blood. Yeah, blood, guts, you name it. Yeah. Can we assume that perhaps these aliens are coming down to uh, hunt human beings for food? I, I took that they, for some reason, the preservation of skin was important and that what was inside was collected. Yes. That a factory, the way that a factory processes pigs and that's, that's the feeling I got. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly the same feeling I got. Um, and in fact, notice the cold detached nature of the whole process. I mean, isn't that how we treat animals in the sense? I yes. mean, isn't that what factory farming is about? We, we have these beings that are alive and the individuals that work in this field are very cold and detached toward these animals. Now, it's funny that now we are the animals providing nutrition for these aliens. Yeah, and um, may yeah, I guess, yeah, I struggle with these type of films. To be honest, I enjoy them, but I struggle because of the the fact that uh, that scene very it's, it's still a little bit up in the air. Like you don't really know what you're seeing. You can extrapolate certain ideas from what it could try to mean, and maybe. And this is a this is the only one. I, I think if you're at a table of fifteen people, I think fourteen out of fifteen would agree this is the path to interpret it. Um, but man, it's just, but I wonder, I mean, I mean, it's a necessary evil, perhaps, if I have to entertain why this style is chosen is because man, like if they, if they just showed you a very easy thing, like, oh, by the way, you could be hunted too. And this is what it would look like. And then I just show a whole bunch of humans heads getting cut off the way they would do pigs and that you'll be like, gross, dude. Ugh. But if you allow me through mystery to kind of start getting the feeling of what it would look like for other people to just see us getting slaughtered the way that we do pigs very heartlessly and lack of, without lack, lacking soul or understanding, you know, uh, empathy or all that, you know, it, it does do a good job of that. I have to give it that because it, it tries to introduce you to the same feeling of numbness that we have towards what we do to get prey, to get food. Out of and yes. And re-seeing these two films, Eyes Wide Shut on episode one, now this one, both of these films give me this feeling that you don't know what the hell is going to happen next. And mind you, we can talk about pacing. This one has perhaps a slower pacing, but you, you don't know. There's, they're, it, they're frightening in a way to me. Hmm. It, it, the, the, the tidy structure you see in most other movies, you're not going to get here. So you're anticipating anything and everything right and therefore susceptible to impression you know because it's gonna it's gonna spawn upon you kind of thing that, that's that's the, that's what i get from the rhythmic breathing of the film is that it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna cook you a little bit before we get you to really see what i want you to feel like and how neutral i want you to be about certain things but before we get there let me just lay a few things to get you breathing this way and now that you're there wham now you start getting the oh crap wait a minute heartless heartless alien hunting us and oh shit and oh shit and this is you know what's going on and i get it she's an alien but she's also a foreigner and i know she's i mean if we run with the theory that that we're establishing here she is a worker trying to get um 
nutrition for her handler or for this alien species, right? Uh, but she's an outsider, and she has to learn the ways of this uh, of these beings that are providing food for this alien species. So she's learning along the way. Yeah, she's not just a robot. Because if she had been just a robot, then there would be no deviation. The program wouldn't allow for deviation, right? Um, well, I mean, you could have certain breaks of that kind of like we see iRobot where the robots start to develop intelligence to the point where they start outplaying the humans and all that but it wouldn't have felt uh granted to her i think i think the fact that there's and, and here's where we are again i said I was, you know, i'll just bring it up now man she really uh starts to really look she really starts to have something in her like we start to see her cognitive ability to understand things outside of being a robotic program when she starts to not be as plain anymore she starts to have something called curiosity which is the first thing that connects her to human emotion i have a theory i think that first body that was pulled out of the canal that tear streaming down her cheek that was a malfunctioning alien she started getting wrapped up in feeling or in human emotion certainly a topic of conversation we all came to the conclusion that the problem with these aliens, the, by the nature, it's, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a procedure. You know, it's perfect. It's got a little bit of a flaw here and there. One of the flaws of this procedure with the aliens feeding on the humans is holy crap! The aliens, although they do their job very well, be careful. They are susceptible to curiosity, and humans have something captivating enough. We don't know what that deviates them from their plan or gets them doing other things, such as trying to eat or actually trying to have sex. They're not meant to do that. They're, they're, they are a scarecrow, not a real human, meaning you can't, actually, you can't actually interact with them, you can't actually have sex with them, but they'll do everything up until that moment to catch you and, and kill you. But yeah, my theory is he caught the one that was screwed up. I think the tear resembled the fact that they had made a connection with humanity that is not allowed because that would deviate, that would mess up the whole plan. So over starts the process. Get rid of the alien, reset, get one that goes out there. And that's why you have the scenes that happen, what, maybe three, four or five times throughout the film where the pimp, the alien fact, uh, what is it, the gatekeeper? The uh, handler. The handler, we'll call him the handler. He's just looking at him, you know. And to, for, to further add to the formula of the, the, to add to the texture of the formula of the bugs, he was also dressed up in the biker uniform the way a queen bee would look at her people with the mask and the, the yeah the the bug eye big visor stuff you know and he's looking at her to make sure she hasn't broken making sure that she still lacks the understanding the empathy she he's looking he's like hmm are you are you are you scared right now do you have anything that's human in you because i can't have you do that you can't be of this world in any way and once she got curious which we're about to touch up on things started changing we see that First little shift when she picks up uh, another individual. And this one I do know is an actor, <laughs> Adam Pearson. Uh, he suffers from uh, neurofibromatosis. And that, that's a very interesting scene where you start seeing her humanity for the first time in the movie. She, as I mentioned earlier, she asks him, are you comfortable? She turns up the, the heat in the van for him. Um, and I, I gather 
what I surmise is that she notices that this is the first individual during her time on this planet that is not looking at her as an object. Even though she does catch him taking a quick glance at her, he's not as obvious as the other individuals. Right, and and that's the first time I started not feeling grimy with with the way men approach everything. I mean, in terms of how you know how easy it is to get them in that van. She had a rapist van. Everything that everything about her said no. I mean, not her. Her was yes, but everything around her was no. The van, the place she would take you to, the abandoned building, everything was nope, nope, nope. And these guys were like, oh, yep, I'll follow tits to the gates of hell. And all of a sudden, she came across a guy who didn't. She came across a guy who was so hideous that he's aware of other things because that, that to him is, man, you know, like why even bother? So thanks for the ride. If, if you notice he pinches himself when she asks him to uh, go back to her place. No, I didn't notice the pinch. I, yeah. I, I, I love, I love this scene because um, you see her internal struggle, right? So she has to do his job. She, she has to do this job, which is to lure men for whatever nutrient they contain. But she starts feeling a little bit of compassion toward this individual. So you're thinking, no, she's not going to do this to this guy, to this poor guy. And look, she's being so nice to him. But we then see her luring him into the same black pool. And you're thinking, no. Whatever compassion she had or whatever compassion she exhibited, this poor guy is going to meet the same fate. And then there's another shift where you realize, no, she didn't kill him in the end. But I do remember him going to the pool, though, and I remember he even got, like, as far as knee-deep at one point. I just, my memory's not serving me too well right now, but I do remember that he got submerged in the water. I don't remember if he went in all the way. Um, I, I don't think he did. But I think it's worth mentioning that to further emphasize everything, now for the first time ever in that dark void of nothingness and water that's, that, that's to ensue, we don't, see, uh, we don't see the usual desperation, I would say, from, from Mr. Ugly. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's hideous looking and it's, it's, it's just unfortunate. You know, he's got everything messed up with his face. I mean, I think, I think you put him in a competition with the elephant man, you have a hard time. That kind of thing, you know? And he's, he's not... Uh, like he's not like because remember the, the 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 music and the and the rhythmic all that was if you notice as as she's backing up with all the other men and that the she's stepping to the rhythm bam bam you know and they're coming forward and they start to sink here uh, it, that's not even happening he literally kind of like as she's talking to him he's like looking around he actually he actually looks around he doesn't look at her for like a good I would say four or five seconds in comparison to the other guys that were just like stuck unbuttoning themselves like oh here i come and they were like you i, I it was a very art artistic way to show like their 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 you know tunnel vision whereas this guy had the opposite of tunnel vision he was looking at her sure but he was also like the hell is this why why what you know he's noticing surroundings like he noticed he knew that the van wasn't the right thing to do he he almost had this look on his face like he trusted her too like yeah you know like like i'm not i'm not i don't know it was so weird so weird but that's what i took from it that unlike everyone else he was different. That's Dark. a very good insight, how you can move a story forward through visual language. What you just noticed is you can also move a story forward by physical language. And 
I had not noticed that, and you really brought this to my attention uh, uh, by saying that. And then we have the scene where she's looking at herself in the mirror, and we seem to witness another slight shift. It's almost as if she's recognizing, oh, this is how people see me. This is how these humans see me. Uh, I don't think at any point she had looked at herself in the mirror. And again, if, if we go with the feminist reading of this movie, um, there's something about how women are seen and then how they judge themselves in front of a mirror. Yes. Um... And I'm very interestingly so. I did think, did she look at herself in the mirror in the van at any point? Just just to try to see if I can put anything together here. Because I do remember her like fixing the, You're right. the glass. She did, she did look at herself in a uh, makeup compact. Right. But it was a quick glance. Uh, this was a much more introspective looking at her face for a couple of seconds. Right. So, and I and I think that on in light of that, when she looks at herself in the car, it's not in the same light, right? In, in the car, I think you look at yourself for different reasons, maybe the same, but trying to establish that for once, she actually was looking at herself in a different way, and I think that's what's important because she had looked at herself before, but it was at it was looking at yourself in the eyes of society, looking at yourself in the eyes of what you need to present yourself for a certain job. Hers was to do whatever she had to do with these guys but it was looking with the purpose of exterior motive, uh, exterior influences. Here, she was not, here she was with herself looking and, and, and for reasons that go deeper than what she was looking at herself before. It was for reasons of her own, which ties to the curiosity she was starting to have with humanity, I think. She was, now she's looking at herself, which would have never been prompted without that curiosity. Yeah, I, I think you hit it right on the head. Before she was looking at herself as me, how they see me. Now in this scene, she was looking at herself in terms of I, which hmm. is a very subtle difference, but it is a difference. Right. And that, I think you now nailed it on the head for me. I think that's what I was trying to get to. It was more of an I thing, not an external feeling. This, this way of looking at herself came with very internal, intimate self self is being the important thing here because it's herself who is who is now going through a new array of feelings curiosity like she had never been curious before in that way so i think that's really yeah. really uh, yeah that was really cool that another, was yeah another significant scene and I, I can't believe i forgot this scene it happened before what we were just discussing when she trips and falls in, in the street. So all along, she has this very detached feeling toward human beings. And here you have two men, uh, of all things, two men helping her out. So her idea is, hey, maybe they're not all bad. And not only are they not all bad, but why? I'm not trying to seduce them. What's in it for them? Uh -huh. They they helped me for no reason. They helped me for no reason. You know, um, that which is something. She, which is something. I'm sorry to cut you off. Which is something she didn't get when the 
the gentleman from the Czech Republic went in to save that couple when they were drowning. She didn't get that. But now when they helped her, she got it. Right, because she she clawed them over the head after he finished saving, so trying to save someone. That's how detached she was. And now she's like, now that didn't do anything to her. But seeing herself be picked up, and by the way, I come to find out later because I, I watched a video. Um, uh, somebody sent it to me uh, that showed how he filmed it. And I came to find out, I didn't know this. I didn't pick up on that then. But the scene where she falls in the street is an actual like uh, pranksters, like a like a reality show where you, have, you put hidden cameras. And they told Scarlett Johansson to go out and take a fall in the middle of a regular busy street on a, on a, on a regular weekday, plain, plain, plain daylight. And she falls, busts her ass face first. They, they come help her up. And she had to act out weirdness, which I thought was super cool. But she had to just like look at them, not even say thank you, and uh, and keep walking. You know, I can only imagine cut scene. She turns around. It's a prank, bro. It's a prank. But the reality is that that film was was that that scene was filmed with a uh, non non actor cast. Right? It was two guys off the street. So, and it was so natural. They picked her up in that realization. Like, why are these idiots helping me? Like, they're supposed to be idiots. They're supposed to be heartless. They're supposed to be sexually driven to the point where you know, they'll get themselves killed over it. Why are they being nice without that sexual component being involved? So we see this humanity, this compassion, or if we can call it this defect growing in her. Yeah. The two gentlemen help her out. Uh, uh, this other gentleman with the facial uh, deformity seems to be a little bit different from all the rest. Uh, maybe these there's there's a little bit more complexity to these humans that we're using as nutrients. Yeah, I right. She's seeing them for. I don't want to say their humanity because she doesn't see humanity. She doesn't understand that's humanity. That's what we call humanity. But she's still seeing something alien to her, something she didn't expect, and that's throwing her through a loop. She's integrating a little bit. I oh, mean, yeah. isn't that the isn't that the immigrant experience, right? You come here, you notice, yeah, some people kick you through the ass at certain moments, but there's some people who will help you out. And she's starting to notice this other component or this other aspect of human beings. And of course, the handler starts looking for her furiously. This is about the part where she starts running away or going rogue. Yeah, she goes rogue. I noticed that. And then he goes crazy looking for her. Just, um, and by the way, another theory of mine is that there are multiple aliens at the same time. Because you do see as soon as she finishes with one cycle of the capture and the whole de-blooding of the skin and all that, all of a sudden you see a cutscene to another motorcycle heading up a trail, another ant in the ant farm kind of thing. Just a theory. That, that, that there was a vicious cycle going on, but I couldn't tie it. And listen, we experience this, right? Uh, many times in our jobs, we showing compassion <laughs> or showing humanity means you're not doing your job or you're not squeezing the most out of customers or, uh, or people you serve, right? So yeah. she's, she's starting to show humanity, but can I let loose another crazy theory. Maybe the biker is also furiously looking for her 
because he knows, he's had the experience with other aliens, that these humans will eventually screw you over. Which ultimately, that happens at the end of the movie. So yeah. in a sense, maybe he's trying to save her <laughs> from, these, uh, from humans. That's going to be a big maybe for me. I didn't get that. I mean, I'll entertain it for the sake of a conversation as a possibility, and, and, and that big maybe is there. What I took from the, so the end of the film is some weird guy in, the, in a forest, because again, she's always isolating herself throughout this movie. And then if that wasn't enough of a, of a tell, the director then just puts her image with a backdrop of forests and isolation just to show you how isolated she, her state is and all that. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and of course, she died by the sword, the isolation. Weirdo came up to her, exchanged a few words. Next thing you know, he's chasing her through the forest. They end up on some, you know, old clearing of some sorts. And uh, somebody, she tries to get raped. Somebody gets lit on fire. Um, and I think that was to show that she's not just experiencing... It would be unfair if her enlightenment of humans, after everything that's been established, came with only the nice things. Her enlightenment of the human experience came with the unfortunate as well as the fortunate. Hey, they helped you up. Hey, they're, they're people who are nice. Hey, uh, we can be sexual creatures that only want this, and we can be one-dimensional in these areas, but we can be also nice. And, but part, and oh, oh, you just discovered we're three-dimensional. Well, guess what? Three-dimensional means everything, so you're getting raped. Yeah. That's what I took from the importance of the final scene is that to complete the, the array, because it's not going to be the, well, you discovered humans and they're all nice people, so only nice things from here on out. It's like, no, 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 you're going to discover nice people and how quickly it can turn, and here you go. And that's, I think, the, that's the plate I think you're served at the end of the movie. Whether or and not the, the tragic, was, you go ahead, you go ahead, because I'm done. The, <laughs> the, tra the tragic part was right when she was warming up to human beings. Uh, so yeah. she had the experience of the two gentlemen picking her up in the street when she falls. The gentleman with the facial deformity, not just seeing her as a piece of meat. Then you have the other gentleman, which uh, he meets her in the bus and takes her back to his place and gives her food and is very nice to her. In fact, she, he even does a very gentlemanly or gallant act she he picks her up and uh takes her across a puddle so again oh, yeah, you see yeah, all yeah, these yeah, yeah 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 i remember that all these all these acts of kindness and then bam that final scene <laughs> where you see the worst of humanity and you're you just reminded me you see her blending into the earth or the forest in one scene, her face is blending into uh, the greenery. In another scene, her entire body is blending into the forest. She's becoming perhaps more earthbound, more of the soil, more of this planet. And of course, who would rape her? Who would kill her? But a logger. Yeah. <laughs> a guy yeah, who yeah. cuts down trees. Yeah. Which is the very, so you, you use imagery of logs to establish connection, and then you kind of use the same environment to show the peril that she was discovering in humans, which was the full circle of 3D, which is, hey, this is everything. And to the extent where she's burned, I think she burns alive. She catches on fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He lights her up, right? Something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, dowsers are in gasoline and lightera. And what do you think which of the final is, scene? Which is what? Uh, it, it's the ultimate way of obliterating someone, isn't it? Sure. So in many ways. I, I, I think I think it's very significant that the guy is a logger. So you have someone not only exploiting this woman who's lost in the forest, but also exploiting the forest or exploit exploiting uh, the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the prevailing theme for me in this entire movie is the other, the outsider. Um, when you travel to foreign countries, you are dependent on the help of others. And she, she was completely lost in that forest. She was dependent on this guy. And this guy tracked her down and senselessly raped her and killed her. So the, the, the notion of the other comes up several times. The immigrant, the female, um, the, the, oh yeah, yeah, the environment, the environment as a sort of other, the the person with a deformity, someone who is handicapped. So, the other, the other, the other, comes up throughout the film. Now, perhaps I'm reading too much into this, but one of the final scenes is as her body is burning, you see what seems like snow, but also what seems like ash. Yeah, I was going to say ashes of her body coming down. Can we perhaps think of the ultimate other in history? Uh, Jewish people? Sure. Uh, Jonathan Glazer's uh, background, uh, he's Jewish. That's, that's the impression I got from that scene. What do you think? No, I didn't get anything from it. I was very confused. Um as to the importance of the camera panning over the ashes and then uh, pointing up to a very gloomy gray sunlight barely coming in the sky and the ashes floating in an upwards direction with the wind um, into, yeah, I did, that's, that's I, I kind of, at that point, was blank. My mind went there. My mind went to Poland, Germany, snow, uh, the Holocaust, people being burnt, that's where my mind went. For the sake of what? Uh, up until this point, we've established good precedents with a lot of other concepts that tie with the narrative. What was the purpose of that tying that to a historical context like that? The Jew as being the ultimate other, especially in Germany. Okay. But why, why is that fitting here? It's fitting in the sense that we're seeing all these aliens, right? She's an alien. She's an outsider. The person with the handicap is an outsider. We we have several immigrants uh, come up in the movie. In fact, another immigrant that comes up in the movie. Remember, there's a scene where a street vendor gives her a rose. Oh, yeah. One can, one can only assume someone doing that job is probably an immigrant. Hmm. I don't know. I felt it was the movie was pretty heavy-handed in telling you one of the themes in this movie is the other, the outsider, and how we treat the outsider. 
sure, you see instances of compassion toward the outsider, but then you see instances of complete brutality, which you, we can talk about what's happening in this country. <laughs> no, but, but, but our, our president's trying to make sure that that goes away. Um. <laughs> well, it, it, funny, you notice she also asked, not only where are you from, but uh, do you have family here? That's a very interesting conversation starter. Do you have family here? And isn't that the immigrant experience? You're either here alone working to send money back to your family, or you're able to bring your family here. Again, maybe I'm reading too much into it. That, that, that one I didn't think of. Cool, valid. I thought it was more of an impression, honest impression from the film. I thought it was more along the lines of, if I kill you, what are the repercussions to people who might care about you? But again, that's weird because, again, she doesn't sympathize with other people giving a shit about what she's doing. She doesn't give, again, these are, these are cold-blooded things she's doing. Um, to the point where she doesn't even realize they're cold-blooded. The way, like, going back to the slaughtering of animals, like, we, we just, we're so used to seeing them rack up on the shelf that we could give less of a crap. So I think uh, that was more to a step. I don't know why that was there. I thought it was more of a, hey, you know, are you expected anywhere? You know, or people are going to worry about you. But again, it's inconsistent with the fact that she's doesn't, she just doesn't care. Oh, I, I completely agree with you outwardly. But subtextually, again, there's just too many instances, in, in my opinion, with uh, immigrants, with animals even, as outsiders. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, guess, I guess that would be more of a consistency. Um, I didn't understand the, the do you have family here question. I would, and furthermore, the scene on the bus where some guy, it's the guy that she actually tries to actually perform the act of making love with, who the bus driver's turning around to her, telling her along the lines of, what are you doing out of here without a coat? It's cold. And along more of the alienated stuff. Um, oh, I'm going to have to side break here for a second. Did you notice? One scene that really stuck out to me was humor and and the movie the movie gets you to see humor for what for how unique humor is because she's i think she goes to his house even right and she sits with him i, I don't know if it's with him or at some point she's at someone's house and she's watching tv and the guy on the tv is doing nonsensical things he's tapping on a glass and you hear a bunch of other humans in the audience right uproaring and laughter and she's sitting there, like, not even phased by, like, what is this? And she looks over to the guy just to see what reaction this warrants. Like, what am I supposed to be feeling here? And she looks over at him, and he's laughing. Like, ha, 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 shrugging shoulder laughing. Um, awesome. Awesome cap capturing of, of her alienation to, to humor, which is very... Curious. Yeah. Curious things, these humans. They laugh at stuff like this. But also notice, she starts tapping her finger to the music. To the music. So there's, there's certain things she doesn't get, but there's certain things she's maybe starting to get or has gotten already. Right. The natural transition of anything. Some things you'll get right away. Other things take more seasoning and developing. She was developing these, these, these understandings. She was still, I mean, she still don't even understand how food works. Like, what is this thing you're eating? Like, you eat, you know, you eat. What it is this? So she even tries to eat and then realizes she doesn't have the pathways to eat. She doesn't have the tubes in her body. She spits it out. She tries to, um, the guy from going back to the guy from the bus that I had to sidetrack for a second, going back to that scene, you know, 
he comes to her, asks, are you okay? And she says no for the first time. She acknowledges something's not right. And then from then on out, she started, the experimentation is only, only growing like a snowball. She actually tries to partake in the act of making love, which we never saw. It was always a seduction to get the kill, but never an actual act of connection. It was, and then when she tries, she realized, oh man, I'm not built for this either. I can't eat. I can't do all of this. What, what, what are these things? Why are these people do this? Why can't I do them? And I think that, um, that really paints the picture of the alienation thing. So yes, going back to the foreigner alienation, it's present. And, and I think more consistent than, than what I would have thought. So Danny, second week in a row where we watch another very non-erotic movie. Right. Yet on paper, <laughs> on paper, <laughs> if your mom walks in on you watching this shit, she ain't going to think so. <laughs> you know, my grandma would have walked in. What is that? Take that off. Turn it off. You're only 13. It's like, oh, grandma, we have smartphones. <laughs> um, but yes, to your point, to your point, yes, you know, we see a lot of attractive women naked and we're horrified. It's kind of like me at eight years old all over again. It's just, we see the, the eeriness while in a state that we're otherwise supposed to feel arousal or, or happiness, harmonious, like, you know, it, come on, let's be real. Last week, Jen, uh, Nicole Kidman, this week, um, wow, I lost her name already. Scarlett Johansson. Is this the, uh, the sleight of hand that these directors are, are doing with us? You would think Scarlett Johansson in a movie, right? Uh, well, attractive, etc. It does not paint her to be very attractive. Or it's certainly not erotic in the usual sense. Same thing last week. Lots of naked bodies, not really erotic. At least not for me. Not for me either. Not for me either. So I find that to be, and of course, the the implications of danger with this sexuality. Um, so that that to me yes. is that that to me plays last week's episode. Uh, and, and this week's episode theme is that the the danger was just there. And to that danger, I say, could this be on the top topic that you brought up? Maybe you're maybe you're doing this to me, but is this all back to the Freud thing? Oh, the return of Freud, <laughs> death and sex once again. Oh man! So, uh. I wanted to push you into the deeper end of the pool for this second episode into Thanks, man. <laughs> the, the black pool. Um, <laughs> shall we, shall we for our next episode, maybe go to the middle of the pool, not too deep, not too shallow. I was thinking of a different tone, different pace. Um, I was thinking of a, uh, for episode three, doing an Italian movie uh, directed by a female director, Alice Rohrbacher. And the film is Happy as Lazzaro. Or in Italian, Lazzaro Felice. How does that sound? Lazzaro Felice. Okay. Is it on Netflix? Or do I have to go to Amazon, you think, maybe? You, you can get it on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. Okay, cool. So... If you're listening and you made it this far, 
thank you so very much. I, we hope you enjoyed um, just a little bit of back and forth conversation on some confusion I was having on these films. Um, thoroughly enjoying them. I hope you are too. So next week, uh, go, go to your Netflix. We're going to watch, what is it again? Happy as Lazzaro. Happy as Lazzaro. And I hope that you guys will be as happy as Lazzaro to be there. On behalf of Game On, a sports podcast for everyone, we're doing a little spin called The Film Huddle just to switch up the audience and appeal since I do like movies too. And we're during, and you know, especially during this pandemic, all we can do is watch movies, I guess, among other things. And uh, yeah, guys, so it's been a lot of fun. Mission Psychosis, for real, thanks for the uh, insights on these uh, weird collages of films that uh, I, I'm struggling with still, um, but thoroughly enjoying the impression that the art is bringing me. Uh, maybe it's not the way I would want the films that I like to go down in terms of the pace and the style, but nonetheless, I can, also, I can honestly say I've been captivated and curious. So uh, keep bringing them on. We will, we will tackle these together. You are brave, my friend, for going on this journey. Uh, yeah, man. And so, guys, as you heard, Mr. Psychosis, we're going to do another breakdown. Happy as Lazaro next week. See you guys there. Later, man. Bye.